0: Hey there everybody, welcome back another podcast of Redeemed Through His Blood. This is Scott Durfee, joined as always by my good friend.
1: Oh, so good to be here with you, Scott.
0: David Durfee. How yeah. are you, Dave?
1: Good. Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, that, Good enough.
0: Good enough is exactly right. Uh,
1: because he was good enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think yeah. about a lot, is that because he was good enough. How was your week? Uh, it was good, you know. We've had our our challenges with our suffering son who can't seem to hold a job or become self reliant and it kinda of puts puts us a little bit into a state of worry and fear and you know, Scott, uh <laughs> the greatest the greatest pain that I think we feel in this life is is uh because of family, because of those that you love that you can't control. I mean, there's we bring so much pain on ourselves because of our own sins and weakness and mistakes. And But, you know, generally we believe that we can do something about that. Can't always, but we believe we can, or that through the Savior and His enabling power that we can overcome it. But when it's a child, you don't really have much control over anything other than to love them. You can only choose to love them. And and hopefully hopefully, you receive some sort of a vision or witness that, that the Savior has got them. And we've had that with this child, with this uh, 32-year-old son who's a little bit more like an adolescent than he is a 32-year-old. But... Um, it's uh, so sweet when you get in that state of worry, fear, uh, even depression. You just it's when you can really cry out to God. Just and I and I have and we have and and be really humbled, Scott. I think the thing that I've felt most of all this week is the the humility. And, you know, Scott, I, I don't think humility is something you just do on your own.
0: Yeah, and it's not something that just happens overnight for it's, a lot of us.
1: It doesn't, uh, it's not something where you just make up your, your mind to be nah. humble. No, nope. uh, Humility is uh, is one of, I think, the sweetest gifts of the Spirit that, that comes from God. And my experience was when I really cried out, you know, for miracles and for change, as we all do with our children, or... Others, you know, who we love, we ch- we pray to God to change them. Please change them, and we have faith that He k- that He can or could. And uh, but for whatever reason, He may not. Usually doesn't. And uh, but in in uh, place of that request, such humility comes over. Came over me this week and has in the past. And that humility, Scott, it really sustains me uh, to know how dependent I am, how, uh, in many ways, how helpless we are, and yet, in God's grace and mercy, how dependent and self uh, reliant how dependent and reliant we are upon upon Jesus Christ and his atonement. And that humility uh, also brings great desires. We've talked about gratitude, understanding the atonement of Jesus Christ, really understanding it, really understanding it, and being grateful for it. Leads to such uh, great depths of gratitude, which then turn into great desires. Um. But humility does that as well. And last week we spoke about a lot about faith, right? And we spoke a lot about Alma chapter 32. And uh, as I've been thinking about things this week, and and what we spoke about last week, we kind of uh, maybe just skipped that critical step of humility, because the Zoramites in Alma chapter 32 that were. The cast out, those who were cast out and downtrodden, um, came to Alma on the hill of Oneida. And and Alma tells them, you know, it's so great that you're humble now. And really, Scott, afflictions, tribulations, it really does, it really can add to our humility. Yeah, Yeah, it can. Doesn't always, doesn't well, have to, and, you and, know. Yeah, you Some know, people can become bitter.
0: And there's, you know, we have to create a distinction between humiliation and humility. They're not always the same thing.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, but in Alma chapter 32, maybe we should re- remind our listeners of the this these verses, which they're probably familiar, but this, this pr- really precedes faith. Unless one really needs to know, and wants to know, and is humble enough and meek enough to seek to know. They will probably never know. And when I talk about knowing, I'm also talking about having faith. I because I think knowledge and faith are really really synonymous. I I I know that you know Alma gives that that uh, one definition that you know you. You don't uh, you, you have faith is not to have a perfect knowledge of things, and it's not. But you can't have faith without some knowledge. So knowing and having faith, I think, are pretty synonymous. They go together. They're inextricably linked. But before we can really have faith and before we plant that seed in our hearts, the seed, which is the word, remember the, the word is the seed. Faith is not the seed. When we plant the Word of God in our hearts, and that Word we established last week was Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's, that's in uh, Alma chapter 33. And uh, once you plant that Word in your heart, whether it, whether it grows, Scott, is really dependent upon the condition of one's heart. You know, how rich is the soil? If you're going to plant it in the heart, just like planting any seed... The soil has got to be good because if the soil isn't good, then it's not going to grow. and the soil of our heart, I believe that really grows faith is humility. When our when our hearts are soft and our hearts are humble, um, the Word of God will always grow. And if we plant the word in our heart and it doesn't grow, then we've we've skipped. Uh, humility or we have not put enough emphasis on humility and alma does that right off the bat even before he speaks to them of faith and the power of faith and planting the seed in their hearts he talks to them about humility and i just think those verses are really critical so can we just uh read those maybe scott it starts i think in verse uh uh 13 14 15 right right in there it talks about it it would be better if you received the if you were humbled by the word, but it's it's good that you've been compelled to be humble. Yeah, I'm actually gonna start in twelve if that's
0: okay. Okay. Um, I say unto you, this is so this is Alma chapter thirty two, verse starting in verse twelve. I say unto you, it is well that ye are cast out of your synagogues. Why? That you may be humble, and that ye may learn wisdom. For it is necessary that you should learn wisdom. For it is because that ye are cast out, that ye are despised of your brethren, because of your exceeding poverty, that ye are brought to the lowliness of heart. For ye are necessarily brought to be humble. And now because ye are compelled to be humble, blessed are ye. For a man sometimes, if he is compelled to be humble, seeketh repentance. And now surely whosoever repenteth shall find mercy. And he that findeth mercy and endureth to the end the same shall be saved. And now, as I said unto you, that because ye were compelled to be humble, ye were blessed, do you not suppose that they are more blessed who truly humble themselves because of the word? Hmm. Isn't that good yeah
1: and that word is Christ, that's right. that word is Christ, and that is the greatest, purest most powerful form of humility when it is based upon Jesus Christ and understanding his atoning sacrifice for us. So what happens is, is that when you cry out for someone else or we cry out um, for God to change someone else or we, we cry out for God to take away our pains and our afflictions and our tribulations, my experience, Scott, is that deep humility comes over me. And when I receive that gift, and it is a gift of the Spirit, I know it is, and it is a gift that is directly, uh, in my case at least, linked to, to deep prayer. I mean crying out prayer. I'm not, I'm not talking about you know nicely, kindly, neatly. Uh, kneeling down at the edge of your bed with your, your hands folded or your arms folded. Right. I'm, I'm talking about crying out in some despair. When you really cry out to God in some level of despair and need, Scott, he has always answered me with humility and sometimes a little chastisement, which humbles me. And I I start, you know, what happens is when you, well, I'll just, one my experience this past week, crying out for a son in some frustration, telling my Heavenly Father, I know he can be changed, I know he can be healed, I know that he can, you know, that he, he and the, you know, it's all about God and my son. And pretty much what happens by the time that prayer is finished, it's about, well, uh, how about you David? Can I change you? Yeah. Will you let me change you? Let's start with you. <laughs> and that's <laughs> when that deep humility sets in, right? That oh man, I I I am just I am so so weak and and then that humility sets in and the gratitude comes and and the desires and You know, uh, so the miracle hasn't happened. My son's the same person, has the same problems, has the same challenges, hasn't found a job this week. Uh, That creates all kinds of uh, worries and pressures and fears in his parents' life, you know, about his ability to be uh, independent and self-reliant. But the the fear, it really is, is... really gone. I mean, the worry is not, not so great. And the humility has led to faith and greater understanding and a desire to control with help from God, the things that I can control. And in humility comes greater love, greater compassion. Um, Humility is such an important attribute, Scott. It's right there with gratitude when it comes to uh, bringing desires and change into our life and the way Alma teaches it here and the way it's taught in other scriptures, uh, in the the Bible, Book of Mormon, and other places, many church history examples of this as well, is that humility... Great humility precedes great faith.
0: Yeah, and healing. That great humility definitely precedes healing, and all of the other things that come along with that. I, I've I've I had I had a little experience with that this weekend. Can I share that with yeah. you? Yeah. So I'm I'm sitting in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting on Saturday morning, and there was a, a young per, a person not all that young, but a person, a man that I, I sponsor and I could and he and he's really struggling. He struggled to stay sober. He struggled to, um, be able to do anything productive in his life. And after the meeting, we got together for a little bit and we went for a little ride in my truck and went and got a drink, uh, a diet Coke or whatever. And, and uh, as we were talking, he was just crying. Mm. He was just beside himself, you know. Here's this big, grown man kind of a, you know, not a, not necessarily a tough guy kind of man, but he's definitely a, a, just not somebody that this would not be characteristic of him. And so as we're sitting in my truck, he just looked at me and he says, I just don't think I can ever do this. I don't think I can ever do this. <laughs> And, and, that's the problem uh, the, uh, yeah the, the and, and, I yeah and, and so I I I just kind of left him with that for a minute and he just went on about how I just this and mm-hmm. I just that and, uh, and you know and I've been there too I I'm I hope I don't sound like I'm Condes- we've all been there condescending to this guy cuz that's just we all want to uh, fix it and that's that's why it was so familiar to me because I, I i didn't just feel that when i first got sober i i have felt that several times maybe since then you know as my mind gets clouded or whatever mm-hmm. and i and i'm not saying you know that around <laughs> drinking alcohol but other things in my life and finally you know when he was just exhausted and i think all of the tears had run out and He takes a deep breath and he just looks at me and I said, he says, Scott, I can't do it. And I said, isn't that wonderful? (laughs) (laughs) Finally, it's not up to you. Uh, How relieving is that to know that you can't in and of yourself do it. You have to do the work, but it's not up to you to do it. It's your higher power. That's how we refer to it in Alcoholics Anonymous for obvious reasons. Maybe not so obvious reasons to some, but there are obvious reasons to those of us who understand that but he once he uh, once he once he kind of embraced that you know it's not up to me it's up to heavenly father and through christ's atonement which we know he's not quite aware of that yet but hopefully yeah. but you know that 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 brings some relief and that that humility there dave uh, brings us as you said to gratitude because think of the relief, right? you know, for a right. person like me, for a person like that who has, yeah. who has you know, been taught all her life, just buck up, pal, you know, just pull up your bootstraps, just go to work, put your head down and go to work, you'll be fine. And all the putting your head down and going to work and all the bootstrap pulling that we can muster just sometimes doesn't seem to cut it to finally be able to say, I can't, I give up. Yeah. You know there's there the, in that surrender the humility that comes in that surrender there's great power through Jesus Christ.
1: Well with you with that uh, experience Scott you know he he wasn't humble by saying I can't do this. I I mean I don't know him and I don't know the situation so I don't mean to judge here but but for him or for many others just to say I can't do this and to throw in the towel or no. or give up or try to end it uh, by taking your life or by by drinking again, yeah, just just giving up and and doing it yeah there's no humility in that. no,
0: the humility comes in I can't, he can. yes, and I'm going to yes. let him. That's where the humility lies.
1: Let God let go, let go, know? let God that's that's humility, yeah. And until you said to him, "Isn't that wonderful that you can't do it, but with God's help?" And if he felt the spirit of that or yeah, yeah. the light yeah. in that, yeah. then it became humility. Yeah. So it's not just knowing how helpless we are. There's no humility in that. There's true humility has to be that we are we recognize our complete utter total dependence upon god and upon jesus christ and his atonement
0: well and and you know there's there's as part of the steps of alcoholics anonymous the third step so the first step is is i just my life's unmanageable and 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 i and
1: i have no control
0: okay. over my and then no the,
1: necessarily humility in that no and then although the, that although that's good that's a good confession
0: we, well and it's a beginning and then the second one is is um came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Now there's a little bit of faith and hope there, but there's still not a lot of humility there. But here's where the humility begins. And the third step is we make a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understand him. And there's a prayer that, uh, you know, we we use a lot of written prayers in Alcoholics Anonymous for, again, obvious reasons, I think. Uh, And I'm just going to read it. It's short, but it's on page 63 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, this is the prayer. God, I offer myself to thee, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do... Uh, may I do Thy will always? Yeah, that's so, where humility begins. Well,
1: so you, you that's that's awesome, Scott. Thanks for sharing that because you can see in those in that prayer and even in step two and three. Yep. Step steps two is where humility really begins, and step three is really quite a statement of faith. Because I I wanted to say this too in regards to our podcast last week, uh, which we didn't uh, get to, is to really define faith. Faith is not getting what we want. It's just it's just wrong to think uh, that if we had enough faith we could have this and this and this or experience that and that and that and that God would you know that's not faith. Faith is not getting what we want. Faith is accepting the will of God and seeking to carry it out
0: and aligning our will with that.
1: That's great faith. Right. That's the faith of power. Faith of power is knowing the will of God and then acting to fulfill it or carry it out. Right. That is the faith of power. And uh, it takes great humility in our hearts to be able to plant this, the word of God or the will of God in our hearts and uh, watch, it, watch it grow. And become that uh, that tree that bears that's great fruit. So we talked about faith in the general last week, Scott. Uh, the faith of uh, so simple faith, believing in things or you know that you can't see. And uh, Alma gives that definition, and, and so does Moroni in Ether chapter twelve. By the way, Ether chapter twelve is such an amazing chapter on faith, Scott. I mean, you see again the the simple to the to the divine and the power of faith. In chapter 12, he begins by kind of defining it as, as it's something that we believe in that we can't see, but pretty soon, in fact, in the very end of that chapter, he says, but I've seen Jesus. <laughs> I, I mean, so he goes from the really simple to the really profound and power of faith, uh, which is ultimately seeing Jesus. Which is ultimately knowing, which is ultimately speaking, and it is done. In fact, he he talks about a, a prophet named Des um well, who's the prophet that the Mount Zarin or whatever that he Zarin t- yeah it's Zarin. Will you read that verse, Scott?
0: Uh, for the brother of Jared said unto the Mount Zarin, yeah. "Remove," and it was removed and if he had not had faith it would not have moved wherefore thou workest after men have faith
1: okay so there's a couple things there what verse is that that's, that's 30 that's verse 30 in, in ether, ether 12 in mm-hmm. ether 12 yep that he speaks to a mountain and yeah. the mountain moves and we we i can't help but think about moving mountains and not think about president nelson's talk on faith where if you have the the Faith of a Mustard Seed, You Can Move Mountains. That's such a great talk that our dear prophet gave. So that that is, that is powerful faith to speak, and it happens. Not because the brother of Jared wants it to happen, right? It's because he knows it's the will of God, for whatever reason, that that mountain be moved. And Scott, it may be a physical mountain, It may be an emotional mountain. And it most often is. It may be a spiritual mountain. That's right. We have so many mountains and barriers in our life that God desires and has a will to move if we would just act in faith and ask in faith. And the very last part of that verse says, what does it say about after your faith, Scott? Wherefore thou workest after men
0: have faith
1: that <laughs> he says that twice in in uh, ether chapter 12 yeah. that god works after. after we have faith and again keep in mind what faith is it's not getting what we want he works when we come to know his will and accept it and seek to fulfill it yeah. that's when he works that's when you will you will see great miracles in in in, in our lives is when we understand His will and then we act in faith. And, and Scott, I've given many blessings uh, throughout my life, uh, blessings of healing, uh, general, general priesthood blessings uh, for comfort, for peace, for strength, patriarchal blessings. And Scott, there is no power in any of those if I'm just... If I just uh, say what I want to yep, say, that's right. Or if I just uh, bless them with what I want them to have, uh, the real the real faith comes when I know this is the will of God and this is what He wants them to know or to hear or to see or to feel. Then, then those those can be life-changing and I've I've seen miracles I've seen instant healing Scott because of because of faith so so Scott as a as a young missionary I had this experience where a young couple had been baptized and uh, they had shared the gospel with their friend and we were now teaching her and uh, she had accepted a baptismal date and uh, brother bitters her good friend she was student teaching with him. He was a teacher at Fresno High School, I think. And we had committed her, Susan, to be baptized, and and Brother Bitters was going to baptize her. And about two o'clock in the morning on a Friday night, the, the really the morning of the baptism, two a.m. in the morning, uh, he, he, Karen Bitters calls me, and she on the phone, and she says, uh, "Brother uh, Elder Durfee." Uh, Khan is in such great pain i don't think he'll be able to perform the baptism tomorrow well i could hear him groaning in the background and so they came over and we gave them a blessing they they wanted a blessing and they went home and she called me a little bit later and she a few hours later and she says it's worse and so the, she said will you give him another blessing <laughs> oh scott I I never received a request to give another blessing because the first one didn't work, and and you know I was all new to this, but uh, I I was so humble and I had such great faith really as a young man, as a missionary you know how that is oh, yeah, and I I knew I had about ten minutes before they they would come from their house to ours and. And I knelt down and I just begged. I really pleaded. I had never, I don't think quite cried out like I did that, uh, that morning. And, um, uh, and I begged to, to Heavenly Father to know his will and believed, expressed my belief that I knew that he could, if he, if it was his will, if he would. And, uh, when they came over and, um. We laid our hands on his head, and this time the blessing was much more brief and much more to the point. And I just remember saying something like, uh, Brother Combitters, by the power of the Holy Melchizedek Priesthood and in the name of Jesus Christ, I command your arm to be healed. It was really in his shoulder. And uh, so I said a few more things and ended the prayer. It was very brief. And uh, he said, you know, when you when you said that, I command, he said, I felt something pop in my shoulder. Well, w- at 9 a.m., a few hours later, we met at the uh, stake center to perform Susan's baptism. And uh, Con, Brother Bitter's, He said that his arm was numb. He had no more pain. Uh, He had been miraculously healed. It was numb. But because it was numb, he was concerned about it, worried about it. And after the baptism, uh, he went to a doctor, and the doctor, I guess they did an x-ray, and said that he had had a bad case of bursitis in his shoulder. I think that's what it was. I'm not a doctor. But that the fluid... Around the shoulder had uh, popped, and that the fluid was was uh, draining into his arm and had pinched a nerve, and that's why his arm was numb and it should go away in twenty four hours, and it did. Scott, I knew that, I I mean we all knew that we had witnessed a miracle. And that I I had seen some miracles before my mission, but that was really the beginning, I guess, of seeing, you know, the faith, knowing the will of God. When you know that's what God would say if he were there. Well, the difference between having faith in ourselves, which can be powerful. Sure. Faith in ourselves can be powerful. Faith, you know, faith... It is is a power, and you can have faith in wrong things, and bad things can happen yeah. if you have faith in wrong things, and you can have faith in yourself, and you can do a lot of great things. But faith in God and faith in Jesus Christ will always lead to redemption. It will always lead to a spiritual outcome, and it will it will be edifying, it will be uplifting, it will be enlightening, it will be all those things, all those things that we can describe that are spiritual. And that's the difference, Scott. I think so many people who aren't even believers, aren't even Christian, can do powerful things, even maybe miracles, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Satan has power and he can do great things too if people believe in him knowledge is power there's so much so many things that can be done with faith in yourself or faith in in even wrong things bad things evil things but faith in god is knowing his will and then acting to fulfill it and it will always lead to greater spiritual things and we know that we know that
0: Sometimes having faith is even having faith not to be healed.
1: Right, right, Elder Bednar. Yeah. Will you share that yeah. story? Well, Elder Bednar shared a story in a in a worldwide devotional for uh, young adults and he tells the story he calls him John uh, who'd come home from his mission, fulfilled a successful mission, became engaged to be married, and I think it was 3 weeks after they were married. They found that he had cancer, a tumor, and that uh, uh, it was like a seventy percent chance that he wasn't going to make it. So he, he was having surgery, and Elder Bednar, I think, had actually met him on his mission and somehow knew about this, and and went to the hospital to give him a blessing and. Elder Bednar says in the devotional, he says, I had never asked this question before. I'd never even thought of this question before. But before I gave this young man a, a priesthood blessing, he said to him, I just need to ask you a question. Do you have the faith not to be healed? And this young man said, Elder Bednar, I, I'm not I'm not really sure what that what that means. I And he had to think about it for a while. And uh, after a few moments, he confirmed that he did have the faith to accept the will of God, whether that was to be healed or not be healed. And uh, Elder Bednar proceeded to give him a blessing. And it was the will of God that he be healed, and he was, miraculously, was healed. But uh, it's such a great question do we have the faith not for our son to be changed or healed? Do we have the faith not to receive all of those blessings we thought that in our own wisdom, <laughs> the wisdom of man, which is nothing? we thought we thought we needed that or we think, thought we wanted that or we thought we should have that? Okay, that, that's, that's different. But to know the will of God, that's true faith, and that's the faith of power when people can begin to move mountains. So I know we've all had experiences with that. I hope our listeners will uh, not only maybe think about the uh, miracles in their life that they've experienced through through faith, through true faith, uh, but maybe share with us a few of those and... uh, we invite you to share those with us, and if you if you do, maybe we'll share a few of those uh, in our next podcast. But anyway, uh, Scott, that's kind of faith in the general. It begins with humility, begins with uh, having the heart right, planting that word or seed in our heart. And as it begins to grow, continue to nourish it, uh, continue in diligence and in patience, Because we won't always get what we want, but God's will will always be done. And sometimes, Scott, sometimes God actually wills that some things be done, but they won't be done unless we ask or exercise faith in order for those things to be accomplished. I know that's one of my favorite lines in the Bible dictionary, right? Concerning prayer is that that prayer is uh, God knows what He wants and God knows what will happen. But sometimes things will not happen if we don't pray for them. So I just think it's really important for our all of us individually to know that, that God, we live far beneath our privileges and God wants, so much to bless us yep. and to have see miracles in our life. And if you're not seeing miracles, right, Mormon and Moroni tell us all about that. Of course there are miracles. And if you're not seeing miracles, shame on you. In fact, your, your salvation may be in question if you're not seeing miracles in your life. And then seeing those miracles and seeing the hand of God in our life, Scott, creates gr- greater faith and greater gratitude, greater humility, and it goes on and on and on, as we've talked about so many times before as a cycle, as a helix going up and up and up. But in all of this uh, discussion of faith in the general, and I love to speak about faith in our Heavenly Father, and that's real, and most of my prayers Uh, and most blessings that I give are based upon my faith in my Heavenly Father. The doctrine of Christ states we believe that the first four principles and ordinances of the Gospel are faith, not in the general, not just in Heavenly Father, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first principle of the Gospel. That's the first point of doctrine in the doctrine of Christ, is faith in Jesus Christ. So, let's talk about how can we, how can we um, apply the same principles that we've talked about in growing faith in our Heavenly Father and in the general, how can we apply that to obtaining great, powerful faith in the lord jesus christ that it leads us unto repentance that it leads us under the power to not only forgive others and ourselves but to be forgiven that's what we need to talk about now
0: there's kind of a prescription for that yeah and i think that over and it's important that we draw attention to this and kind of pull it all together but i think that we've We've summarized that or we've talked about that over the last several podcasts, you know, as, as, and, as we and we've talked about this a little bit this morning, I think even before we started the podcast. But gratitude, to, if we get that gratitude, that gratitude leads us to desire. The desire gives us the ability to really have impetus in learning about him and knowing him and loving him and inviting him into our lives. And so, you know, I think that those things are the beginning, and that's where we start with all of this, right?
1: Well, and yes, Scott, absolutely. But it also begins with need. Ah,
0: and recognizing that need.
1: We really need to recognize the need for a Savior and a Redeemer in our life, just as we would recognize the need for a God to perform a miracle or move a mountain or to bless me through this day or whatever, yeah. We, we need to understand the need. Uh, you can't have faith in Jesus Christ if you don't understand where you stand in relationship to him. And if you don't understand the fall of all, if, if we don't understand that we're all sinners, that we're, we're fallen, that we're lost, we're carnal, sensual, and devilish, and if you don't see your own weakness, which Moroni Talks a lot about in that actually Ether chapter twelve, and God God says to him, "Blessed are you because you see your weakness." If we don't see our weakness, in fact, I you know Ether twelve twenty seven Scott goes along well with this uh, discussion today. Ether twelve twenty seven, one of my favorite scriptures. I think I can quote it. And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness that they might be humble. There it is again, humble. In fact, humble, I think, is three times in this verse. I give unto men weakness that they might be humble, and my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. Humble, humility. For if they humble themselves before me, And have faith in me. Notice the connection between humility and faith. Then will I make weak things become strong unto them. Uh, Humility and faith. We, We need to pray. If men come unto me, I think this is really critical. If we go to him, if we can't see our weakness and sins, then we need to go to him because he will reveal to us our weakness and strengths. In fact, Scott, it's my experience. And I know the experience of the prophets and all the sisters and brethren in the church who have, um, been so faithful that the closer you get to Jesus Christ, the more you see your weakness. Yeah the closer you get to Jesus Christ. So if people are feeling weak, if they're feeling inadequate, if they're feeling um, their sins and their need, uh, that's a good thing. Maybe that's a good sign that we're getting closer because the closer we get, the more we see the need. But that's, we need to, we need to understand our helplessness, Scott, we need to understand our need for a Savior and Redeemer. And when we, when we see that need, we will, we will then uh, begin to, t- to turn to him when we're humble. When we're humble, and hopefully humble because of the Word, which is Jesus Christ, and when we understand what he has done for us, what he offers us, we will be humble. And our faith Will then be planted in our hearts. Um, the Word will be planted in our hearts, and by faith it will begin to grow. So faith in Jesus Christ begins with seeing our need and uh, a sense of deep, deep humility. I think another, another thing in regards to developing great faith in Jesus Christ, if we think about the lectures on faith for just a moment, and we think about the three uh, requirements of faith that are given in the lectures on faith, it's uh, this in the first lecture on faith, School of the Prophets. First, the idea that he exists. So it, that's faith in the general, faith in God. But if we turn that to faith in Jesus Christ... It would be the idea that he suffered for me, the idea that he redeemed me, the idea that Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Redeemer. That would be where we should start. Second, uh, faith in the general, I think the first lecture on faith states, the uh, understanding of their perfections and attributes and character. That's how we obtain faith in a loving Heavenly Father, is that we understand his character, his attributes, and perfections. But if we turn this to a more specific faith in Jesus Christ for redemption, we need to have faith in his character, in his attributes, in his perfections, meaning that he really did suffer for all of my sins, that he did suffer for, for my sicknesses, that he did experience all of that and that his character was that he was sinless, that he, if we, you can't have real faith in Jesus Christ, Scott, without having faith in his character and his attributes. Well, how do we obtain that? That
0: faith in his His character character and his attributes? How do we obtain that? Well, we, we get to know him.
1: You have to study it.
0: You have to get to know him. And how do we get to know him? We get to know him through the scriptures. We get to know him through the, uh, the revelations that come through our prophets and brethren. Uh, even our own local leaders oftentimes can help us to get to know him as they're inspired to teach about his character and
1: out- attributes, Dave. I hope that come follow me. All of our <laughs> oh, yeah. listeners are experiencing a miracle. In their lives, by coming to know Jesus better, his character attributes and perfections, his teachings, his parables, uh all of that, and as that's really step two. We yeah. come to know him, yeah. Yeah. his character attributes yeah. and perfections.
0: Yeah, and let's let's just let's spend a minute here because coming to know him is not just reading about a person uh, who's being um, portrayed to us by words on a page, even if it is scripture. And it's not by hearing the words, even if it is from prophets and apostles. It's not from that. I mean, that's that may be the beginning of it. That may again be the seed that's planted, so that the word can spring within us. The word again being Jesus Christ Himself. But how we really get to know Him is we we somehow walk with Him, right? I so I, and I've used this example before, well, and
1: that's I, the third step, Scott.
0: Yeah. Okay. But but I'll I'll but let me I I, I have two grandfathers, um, both of them I was quite close to. Uh, I know that my grandpa Fagan. In fact, when he passed away, every time and still maybe to this day, and he passed away many years ago, when I s- smell Old Spice cologne, I think of my grandpa <laughs> Fagan. It, it just comes That's to me, sweet. and, and That's sometimes sweet, yeah. uh, sometimes it. Uh, it you inv- were with him. It invokes a little emotion in me. I'll you bet. Know? I because I knew I know Absolutely. how he would. I know how he would have reacted if a horse did this or that. Mm-hmm. Because that's how I. I just knew him. I knew mm-hmm. Grandpa Durfee the same way. I yeah. got to spend a lot of time with Grandpa Durfee mm-hmm. uh, in a business situation for a couple of years. Uh, the, the last couple of years of my high school experience, and right before I went on my mission, and he and I had some wonderful, wonderful experiences. And then even after, as I was going through some difficult times. But I spent time with those yeah. men, and, and so because well, of that walking. time, yeah, yeah. You, you, I, yeah, walking with them, walking getting to know them. them, and so how do we do that with Jesus? So,
1: so again, these three requirements—I that's what I choose to call them—these are three requirements of faith. The first is the idea, yeah. the idea that Jesus Christ really did exist, really did live, really did suffer for our sins, really did carry out the atonement, right? The idea. Then second, the understanding of his character, his attributes and perfections, really coming to know him. And then three, in the lectures on faith it says, to know that the course of life you are pursuing is pleasing to God. Well, this is walking with him. This is following him. This is not, this is not just learning of him. This is seeking to be like him. This is being with him, Scott, being a true follower of Jesus Christ. When we have those three, when we have met those three requirements, we will have great faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is a gift. It's not something that we just earn. It is a gift that comes from the Spirit of the Lord. But I testify as we do those three things, as we come to believe that he exists, that he lived, that he knows us, that he loves us, and his character, attributes, and perfections. And then we know that we are seeking to be a true disciple and that we're following him, that we're relying upon him. When we have have met those three requirements, Scott, then as a gift from the Spirit, we will have great faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which will then lead us unto repentance. So I I think that in all that we've talked about in regards to faith, in as we've talked about it in the general, that you can apply any of those principles of faith in the general to become specific faith principles of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, God, is what redeems us. And faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God, is what exalts us. And in maybe our next podcast, we will talk a little bit about the difference between faith in Jesus Christ and faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ saves us. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ's name. In his faith in his name exalts us. So let's talk about that uh, next time and we'll continue our discussion on faith in Jesus Christ and which will lead us eventually into the principle of uh, Of repentance, the second point of doctrine in the doctrine of Christ,
0: David it kind of extended an invitation to share some of your experiences. How do you do that? You send those to uh, he redeems us at gmail dot com uh, and remember that uh, we have transcripts now attached for all of these things for those of you who are interested in that. Just in closing, one of my very favorite scriptures is part of the intercessory prayer. Uh, that Jesus offers, right, and He says, and this is in John 17:3, and this is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. And I think that uh, you know that uh, those three steps in the faith really kind of uh, are, are, are encapsulated or described quite well by Jesus' own words, right there. Thanks for being with us, everybody. We look forward to being with you next week. Remember that you, we all have been redeemed through his blood. Thanks again.